when the enemy comes at you, you know the enemy's voice. You know he's going to try to stop you. So many pastors go into ministry and they, they hit opposition. Of course you're going to hit opposition. Wherever the word has been preached, even through the book of Acts, there was always opposition because Satan does not want that word preached. You're listening to the Leadership Lessons Podcast, hosted by Pastor Daniel Williams, a podcast to encourage and equip church leaders. Brought to you by eeleaders.com. Well, today we're going to have some good old-fashioned preaching. You know, the Bible says it's the foolishness of the world, but yet the power of God to save. We preach in our weakness, and we herald this good news to remind ourselves the truth of Christ, having the mind of Christ, following His commandments, and having power in this world. Man, the truth sets us free, and we need preaching, even as church leaders. Yes, we communicate God's Word so often to others, but we need that to us. And this is why the Leadership Lessons Podcast is so powerful. It's not just conversations off the cuff, but strategically planned, prayed through preaching to an audience like you, a church leader. So I thought as we've gone through Nehemiah, it'd be a fun thing to do is actually have my dad preach this last bonus message before we get into season five on Monday, March 13th. It's going to be an amazing season full of great preaching and you are going to enjoy it. Here's my dad preaching a message from Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12, verse one and two, the race of faith. How's you guys faith tonight? Hope is growing. Father, we thank you for your words. We ask God you would open our ears and hearts to receive from the Holy Spirit, not from man. We ask God that each person here would be uh, built up in the faith and encouraged. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Hebrews chapter 12, verse one and two. Therefore, when any time Paul says, well, it's, I don't know if Paul wrote this book. Some people say he did, other people say he didn't. But we know all scripture are inspired by the Holy Spirit, right? So it don't matter. Therefore, we, since we also, since we are surrounded by such a greater cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Verse 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised the shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, which no priest in the Old Testament never sat down because their work was never finished. They had to go in year by year and do the same thing. But this man, Jesus, he said, it is finished, and he sat down at the right hand of God, which the right hand of God is honor. And one day we're going to sit at the right hand of God. Honor. That means a place of honor. But the Christian race, the Christian life is like a race. And we are to lay aside anything that hinders us, anything that hinders our progress, particularly un unbelief or sin. The runner must not look to other contestants. I don't know if you've seen a runner in a race, but he's not looking at other contestants. He must keep his eyes on the mark, and our eyes must be on Christ. The great cloud of witnesses are the heroes of chapter 11, the heroes of faith who are mentioned in chapter 11, who have borne testimony of the truth. We are to follow their ex examples. We are not spectators watching uh, from heaven 
as some say, but they were inspired, very inspiring examples for us. Uh, and they, they testified of God's faithfulness. It is not suggested that here that these men and women in chapter 11 is now in heaven watching us run. Some people believe that I don't. Uh, some people say they like a stadium and they cheering us on. Well, I really don't think they care, to be honest with you. Weight is anything that can hinder you from running. Weight is not necessarily all the time. Weight is not necessarily all the time sin. It can just be unnecessary stuff that we carry around to slow us down. Things in our lives. The race that is set before us is not a sprint, but a marathon. And we are in it for the long haul. I know some of you guys have been walking with Christ for 20, 30, 40, 50 years. We are to run and we are in it for the long haul. We are to run with what he said, endurance and patience. We must be determined to keep going regardless, regardless of temptation to slow down. We are supposed to keep going, be determined, regardless of sometimes the temptation to, to slow down. He said we must run with patience. You know, it's, this race, you got to be patient. You know, you know, people don't like the word patience anymore. It's like no one's patient anymore. You know, I'm here in Florida and people honk at you all the time. And I'm thinking, what are they honking? Why? You know, we don't honk in Seattle. Well, some people do. But it seems like no one has any patience anymore. You know, I, I wish as soon as the, the uh, race started, it would end right away. But this is an ongoing thing for a lifetime. And it will keep going until the day you die. It will never end until the day you die. But no one has patience. That's why they make instant oatmeal. You, you know, three, three minutes, you can have a bowl of oatmeal in three minutes. Instant coffee they got now because no one wants to wait. They want faster and faster internet because faster and faster cell phones because they said the old ones are too slow. But God is patient. I'm glad he's patient with me. Aren't you glad he's patient with you? But this race, we gotta be patient. One of the greatest problems that a runner would face back in those days was weight. They could not be overweight. Even one or two pounds, when a person was going to enter a race, it would slow them down tremendously, even one or two pounds. As a matter of fact, if you were overweight, overweight you were disqualified from even entering the race. It took a lot of discipline, a lot of discipline and a lot of self-control not to overeat when you're a runner. If you, if you want to do what God has called us to do, we must stay focused because the world we live in, as Daniel said, is full of distractions. Everything wants your attention and every, everything is trying to get your attention. Things that try to trip us up. We got to get away from those things, things that's going to slow us down. The enemy wants us to focus more on worldly things than, than on the things of Christ. He wants us to focus more on worldly things than on the things of Christ. The Christian does not run the, the race in order to get to heaven. If you receive Christ, you are already going to heaven. So he's not running this Christian race in order to get to heaven. He is in it, the race because he has been saved in his life 
He's going to make his life count for the kingdom of God. The race started when you, when you started. It started when you were born again. This race started when you were born again and will it continue until the day you die. But you want to run. You want to run to win. You want to run to win. You know, you don't want to be like my son. I won't call any names, but he's a very poor loser. You know, he's a very poor loser. Yeah, you know, he had a very, very nice basketballs growing up. Beautiful basketball. But it's, and no one else had a basketball except him. So if he lost, he would take his basketball and go home. He said, I'm not going to play anymore. I said, that's a poor loser, man. But anyway, this runner, they discipline them. They discipline their bodies. They, they eat right. They get their proper sleep for a temporary crown, for something that is temporary. 1 Corinthians 9, 24. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? So run in such a way that you might obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize in temporal things, in all things, they do now they do it to obtain a perishable crown. You know, a, a crown that's going to fade away, but we, an imperishable crown. The crown that we're going to get will never fade away. Therefore, Paul say, I thus run, not it with uncertainty. Paul say, I'm not going to run with uncertainty, thus not as one who beats the air, uh, shadow boxing. I'm not going to just run with uncertainty. So many Christians, they start out, they start out good, they start out right, and something gets in the way, some gets them off track to slow them down, and some even quit. You know what Paul writes to the Galatian church? Oh, you foolish Galatians, oh, you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? Before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified. This I want to say, this I want to learn from you. Did you receive the spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish, having begun in the spirit and now being made perfect in the flesh? If the Christian is to win the race, he must keep his eyes on the goal. The Galatian church started out fine. And Paul says, how did you guys start out? In the spirit? Do you really think that you can be made perfect now in the flesh? Paul said, who has got you off track? What has got you off track? As Paul says, he pressing toward this goal. Paul had this, his goal, this same goal. He said, not that I have already attained or am already perfect, but I press on. I press on that I might lay hold of that which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things that are behind and are reaching toward those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Paul had his eyes on the goal. A runner, when he, he's oblivious to the crowd, when a runner is running, he don't care how loud the crowd sh uh, hollers. He don't care how, how loud the crowd screams. His eyes is on the finish line. And that's what you have to do. And Jesus, that's why the scripture says, as we read a few minutes ago, keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Because there's many other things that you can put your eyes on. 
Paul said he pressed toward the prize of the upward call of God. So we must keep moving forward and to keep our eyes on Christ and keep moving forward. Keep going forward in spite of circumstances, in spite of the situation. This is easy. I guess it's more easily said than done than to do that. As I said, everything wants your attention. We have, I think we have more distractions now than the apostles had. And I've been in ministry 40 years. And ministry is harder now than when I started. Did you know that? It's so much because the, the enemy is going about like a roaring lion, and he don't want the word preached, and he wants all these distractions to try to get you off course. But you got to stay the course, man, regardless how you feel. We have to stay the course and keep our eyes on Christ. We can't keep looking back at past failures. So many people, that's why Paul said, you know, I'm going to forget those things behind. So many people live in the past. Past failures. Man, who hasn't failed? You know, I've made some mistakes myself, believe it or not. Aren't you glad that we, we make mistakes that God just don't throw us to the curb and say, you know what, man? I'm done with you. You made too many. Never. Never. We must be, keep looking and not look at past sins. We uh, confess those sins. The Bible said he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. But we must also forgive ourselves. So many Christians walk in guilt and condemnation. It's unbelievable. That is not of the Holy Spirit. That is not of the Holy Spirit. When you go to God and you confess your sins, the Bible says, this is not what I say. This is what the scripture says. He is faithful and just to cleanse you, forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you of all unrighteousness. We can't look back at past failures because the past if you keep looking back, the past can control your future. But if you, if you keep looking back, you just might go back. You got to get it out of your mind, man, because Satan going to bring those things to your remembrance. But you got to know who you are and whose you are. And you got to let the word of God, Colossians 4, 3, 16, let the word of God dwell in you rich, richly. So when the, word, when the enemy comes at you, you know the enemy's voice. You know he's going to try to stop you. So many pastors go into ministry and they, they hit opposition. Of course you're going to hit opposition. Wherever the word has been preached, even through the book of Acts, there was always opposition because Satan does not want that word preached. So we got to forget those things behind because those things are going to slow us down. And now if Paul can say it of all the people. If he can say, I can forget those things behind, persecuted the church Bad, bad guy. But, you, but if he can say it, if he can say he can forget those things behind, so can you. You put your hand to that plow, man, and you don't look back. I ain't looked back in 40 years. You know, look unto Jesus. These words are, are, are so encouraging. Uh, when, the, when the race gets difficult, and it does get difficult sometimes, I hear people say, oh, man, you, you become a Christian boy and everything is going to be just fine. Yeah. Well, you know better than that. You know better than that. When you become a Christian, the warfare starts right there. You are the Satan's enemy. He had you in his kingdom. He lost you. And now he doesn't like you. He is not your friend. Trust me. 
We need to get our eyes off of ourselves, get our eyes off of other people, get our eyes off of our circumstances and get your eyes on Christ. Because he is not what? Against you, he is for you. Look unto him. That, that is, we must set, set him continually before, before our, our, our eyes. Set him to get encouragement. We must look to him for direction. So many people are looking for direction, for strength. We must look for him for help. For apart from him, we can do nothing. He stands with us at the starting point. When you became born again, he, stu- he stood with you then. And he's going to stand with you to the end. So don't ever feel like you're alone. And that's when people go through trials, they think, well, I'm, I'm by myself, man. What, where's God? I'm alone. You are never alone if you're a believer. You are never alone. He will be, what, he will be with us until the end. But, if, but we must make effort to be committed. We must be determined and stay focused on this race of life. Lay away everything, everything that you think that might slow you down. Get it out of your life because it's not worth it. Lay aside every weight that so easily ensnares us. There are a lot of weights out there that can slow you down and only you can identify it. You know what it is. Only you can identify it. You know, letting other people control you, for example, that can be a weight. You know, trying to please everybody. You can't please everybody because that could be a weight slowing you down. You put extra pressure up on yourself. You cannot please all the people all the time. Even Jesus couldn't do that. They say he casted out demons by Beelzebub, the prince of demons. That's what they call him. If they just call him prince of demons, what would they call you? You can't, you cannot complete, you cannot please everybody all the time. Don't let people control you. You are supposed to please the Lord. Because if you keep your eyes on people, they will keep you from developing your potential in Christ. That's another weight. You know, I, I can identify a lot of weights, you know, in my life. Learning, learning not to say no. I, you know, when I was a young pastor, man, I would say yes to everything. But now, if, after 40 years... So many people come to me and say, man, you know, we ought to do this, this, and this. And I said, well, why don't you do it? Because God didn't tell me that. Maybe God told you. I've learned over the years that a lot of people like to talk, but not many like to work. Yeah. You are not called as a pastor to do everything. That's why Paul said, look among you faithful men who are able to teach others also. You can't do it. Being a pastor of a church is not a one-man show. And I've found out over the years, there are a lot of people more gifted in certain areas than I am. I hate administration. I hate it. I don't like it. But, you know, there, but there are some people, yeah, there are some people that they love it. They love numbers, they love, they love figures, and they love administration. I don't like it personally. And I know that's not my gift. And if you're doing something that God has not called you to do, you are going to be absolutely miserable. Just because he called somebody else to do it, it doesn't mean that he called you to do it. He might be calling you to do something else because we all are gifted. Yeah, 
Lord told me to tell you, I always get a red flag. Well, the Lord told me to tell you to go to China. Well, he didn't tell me to go to China. He might have told you to go to China, but he didn't tell me to go. So if you want to go to China, go ahead. I mean, I'm not going to China. I mean, unless God tells me to go, I'll go. But right now, uh, I'm not leaving Tacoma unless God tells me to. But, you know, we have to, another way that can really, really slow us down, you know, is to be uh, overcommitted, over uh, just being, you know, being too busy. Uh, you get too busy where you can't hear the voice of God. You know, Jesus went to a solitary place and he prayed. You got to get someplace where it's quiet, just you and the Lord and your Bible so you can listen, man. Because the Lord is speaking but are we listening? Yeah, so I'm going to say, that's what I do. You know, we pass into church. You got, to, you got to learn to say no. You got to learn to delegate. Because you're running this race as fast as you can, just like everybody else. You know, they come to me all the time with little things like, oh, Sister Smith needs a ride to the store. Well, you know, you can give Mrs. Smith a ride to the store. I haven't got this you know, give Miss Smith a ride to the store. You can too. So uh, I tell people, maybe God want to use you to, to give Miss Smith a ride to the store. You know, they give me calls all the time, and all these calls I get, it seems like they all emergencies. You know, the Bible says in Acts chapter six, when the widows was being neglected from the daily administration of food, they says, "Hey, we're not going to leave the word of God to serve tables." Look among you, some faithful men can do that. And that's what they did. We're going to give ourselves to the word and prayer. You take that pastor out of word and prayer, he's useless. Amen. He's useless. It's not going to be any power because you got to run a church by the power of the Holy Spirit. Only the Lord can build a church. Unless the Lord builds a house, we labor in vain. And he will build it if you will sit and listen. You know, our job as a pastor to what? To equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. It didn't say we're supposed to do the work. We are to equip the saints because the pastor just can't do everything. So I think everyone that goes to Redemption Church and uh, should, should find, a, should find a, a way to serve in the church. You know, you get blessed by serving, Right. So we got to identify those weights. You know, a weight can be getting overly involved in everybody's goals, getting overly involved, entangling everybody's problems. So you know it, you depressed and they depressed. Uh, so sometimes you just have to just say, you know, uh, it's sometimes it's just too much. But you got to identify the weight that is holding you back. And you got to, load, you got to lay it aside. It's like those Olympic runners, man, they just train and train and train and, and they don't let anything get them off track. And we must do the same thing. If we're going to reach our full potential for Christ, we got to throw aside those things. Because those guys will condition their bodies and they will just, man, they will just strip off every little piece of cloth almost. Anything that would hold them back. They want to run just, they want to run as light as possible. Identify what's, he said, let us identify what's holding you back, what's stopping you, what's slowing you down. Lay it aside in your life, this race of life. A, a weight is not the same thing for all people. 
One could be pride. You know, the Bible said God, James said what? God resists the proud, but give grace to the humble. For, you know, for another person, it could, the way could be worldliness. When the Bible said, do not love this world, neither the things in this world. If any man loves the world, the love of God is not in him. For all that is in this world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. It is not of the Father, but of the world. He that loves the world cannot run this race. Worldliness. The Bible said we should not be conformed to this world. And this world is always trying to conform us to the way they think our standards are different than theirs. This race. So make sure you don't get caught up in the world, this world system. Another way in a lot of Christians' lives is just fear. Fear. And we know the Bible says what? Second Timothy 1, 7, God did not give us a spirit of fear. There is no fear in love. In perfect love, the Bible says, cast out all fear. Because fear involves torment. Fear will torment. Fear controls people. Fear controls. You notice that? How the media shows fear? Because they want control of people. Another way could be worry. Worry. Do not, you know, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. As Christy Lane said, one day at a time, sweet Jesus, that's all I'm asking of you. You heard that song before? Probably not. But uh, you can't add anything to your stature by worrying. You can always find something to worry about. That can be a weight in your life that's slowing you down and can't stop you. Worry. It can, tell, it can take away your peace. It can take away your joy. You can always find something to worry about. When I'm, when I'm worrying, I'm not trusting. And when I'm trusting Christ, I'm not worrying. Control the things that you can. Just, to, just slow down here for a second. Control the things that you can. And the things that you can't, put those things in God's hand and live life, man. Live life. He don't want you walking around worrying. And he don't want you to walk in fear. People worried about, you know, this, and they're worried about the stock market, and they're worried about the prices, and they're worried about, and some people worry because they have nothing to worry about. And they said most of the things that people worry about will never come to pass. So don't spoil, don't spoil today by worrying about tomorrow. The hill will flatten when you get to it. This can be another weight that can hold you back. Hebrews, what? Said, lay aside every weight. Worry, the Anglo-Saxon word means to choke. It means to choke or it means to strangle. It chokes the peace. It chokes the joy. You can't, you can't progress. You can't move forward when you're worrying. Earl Darby is quoted as saying that a speech caused him two nights sleep. One beforehand in thinking what he should say, and one afterwards in thinking how much better he could have said it. So he worried two nights. As one man has said, worry is like a rocking chair. It will give you something to do, but it will get you nowhere. So again, we've, what, what? Fix what? Your eyes on Jesus. That's the focus. 
We have to stay focused because he is in this journey. He is in this journey with you. He is in this journey with you. Keep looking to him. There will never come a day when you don't need him. Never. We need him every single moment. He's, he is in charge of your next breath. We got to also remember running this race, you know, um, this world is not your home. You just pilgrims and strangers passing through. And it's very easy to get discouraged. And, and you know, it's, it happens to all of us. So make sure that you stay in fellowship in a good church where you can get fed, where you can get prayer. If you're going to run this race, be strong. You must stay in fellowship and prayer, and you must be in God's word yourself. And then you stand your ground, man. Ever since the pandemic, I'm, I'm amazed, even in Seattle, I'm amazed that people don't, don't go to church anymore. I'm amazed. People went to my church for years, 20 years. Pandemic hit, I run across them sometime at, at the store. You know how people try to dodge you, you know? They see me coming. And, and they'll go to the next aisle and they'll try to pretend they don't see me. But I'll walk up to them and say, hey, how you doing? <laughs> that cracks me up, man. Well, they haven't been to church in three or four months, you know. Some haven't been to church sometime in a year. And no fellowship. And that's what Satan want to do is to separate you from the body of Christ. They say in a war, in a war situation... If a soldier is separated from his platoon, his survival rate is zero. And I know a lot of Christians getting beat down, beat up, and depressed because they say, well, I just watch it on Facebook. No, wait a minute. Facebook is not the same as being in fellowship. You need us. I need you. You need brothers and sisters around you where you can get encouragement, where you can get prayer. You can't get that on Facebook. Paul said to the Corinthians, he said, watch, stand fast in the faith, be brave, be strong, let all things be done with love. Therefore, my beloved, he said, Philippians 4.1, therefore, my beloved, and long for my brethren, my joy and my crown, stand fast in the Lord, my beloved. That's what I want you guys to do, is to stand fast in the Lord. Therefore, my beloved brethren, Paul says, be ye steadfast, Paul said. What he said? Immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your work is not in vain. Do you really think God's going to be in your debt? I don't think so. Everything you do for the kingdom of God, he's going to reward us for it. Now, we don't deserve any rewards. I would be happy just to get to heaven with no rewards. But he's going to reward us here. We have an inheritance. I'm thinking, wow, that's pretty good. That's why the Bible says, in, in a, you know, the full armor of God, Ephesians chapter 6, Paul said, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might, not your own might. You can't do this thing in your own strength. Nothing makes less sense than to be in a race and don't want to win. And that's what kind of, what kind of race is this? You're going to be in a race and don't want to win. Yet I, be, I believe that the lack of desire to win is a problem with a lot of Christians. It's like they don't, they don't have a desire to win. You know, my son, he has a strong desire to win. And he, 
He don't, he's a poor loser, I'm sorry. But uh, I tell him you can't do that. It's a bad attitude, you can't do that. You can't take your ball and go home every time you, every time you lose, you can't take the ball from other people and go home. You can't do that. The race, the Christian life is a race. But in a race, lack of desire to win is just unacceptable. Unacceptable. We are to run this race in faith, just like they did in Hebrews 11. Always trusting, never giving up, no matter what the obstacles are, or the hardships cause, you never give up. We are to run toward heavenly rewards. He said, let us run with endurance. Some translations use that word patience. The race that is set before us. Race in the Greek word agon, where we get our word agony. You have, a, a race is, is not a luxury. It's not easy sometimes. But it, it is very demanding. It is agonizing. It takes self-discipline. It takes determination, motivation. It takes perseverance. It is agonizing in this race sometimes. That's why when you see a runner run, you never see a runner smile. Never. <laughs> Paul said in Acts 20, And see now I go bound in the spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there. Except the Holy Spirit testifies in every city saying that chains and tribulations awaits me. But none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself, so that what? So that I might finish my race with joy in the ministry which I have received from the Lord Jesus to testify of the gospel of God. In his last book of the Bible, 2 Timothy, Paul say, he said, I have fought a good fight. He didn't say he just fought, he didn't just fight, just fight a fight. He didn't just fight a little fight. He said, I fought a good one. Don't you want to say that when you meet God? Say, I, want to, I fought a good man. I fought a good fight. Man, if you get knocked down five times, you get up six. That's right. Paul said, I fought a, a good fight. I have finished my what? Race. I have kept what? The faith. Finally, that's later for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day. There was something in the future that was, motiva that was motivating him. He kept looking to the future, and it kept him motivated. He said, a righteous judge is going to give me on that day, not only to me, but also to those who love his appearing. Man, I think God wants all of us in this room today is to finish strong. He wants you to finish strong, man. He don't want you to just uh, give up. In running, in every sport, you got to go what you, you got to look where you're going when you're running. When you're running this Christian race, keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on heavenly things. Fix your eyes on things above, not things on the earth. Put Jesus first in your life because if Jesus not first, something else is. If Jesus is not first, something else is, and if that, if that gets out of order, everything else is going to be out of order. Everything. Because he wants to be number one. Not number two. He wants to be number one. When you drive a car, you don't look at the hood. You got to go where you're going. You know, look where you're going. When you're running, you don't look at your feet. You got to be focused. You don't see a runner looking behind when he's running. He's, he's focused. So we got to stay focused. When a runner runs, he don't look at the crowd. He focused on the finish line. So you might have a few bumps in the road here and there. And you will. But you know what? You'll make it. Because the Holy Ghost is running right with you. 
The Holy Spirit is running with you. Jesus said, I'm not going to leave him at confidence. You know, he said, expediently did I go away. If I go away to confidence, he will not come. But I'm going to send him to you. The paracletus, the one that came, that's going to come along beside you to help. The runner's got to be focused. Aren't you glad you're not running this race by yourself? Get Jesus your priority. He's got to be it. You can't serve two masters. You, you got to look into Jesus. It said the author and the finisher of our faith. Focus on Jesus. You're able. He's able to do exceedingly and abundantly above what, all we can even ask or think. So we got to have the right focus. Jesus, he endured that cross for us. It is encouraging to know that we are not in this alone and we were never called to walk this road alone. God is with us in the race and he's promised to never leave us nor forsake us. Isn't that encouraging that you don't have to be, all, uh, you know, Satan wants you to think that you're by yourself, but you're not. So let us what? Let us what? Encourage each other and run this race that is set before us. Sometimes it's not easy. This race is not easy. Therefore, we ought to encourage one another and to build each other up. Everyone is not in the same place spiritually. Some of you guys have been Christians maybe 20 years, 30, 40 years, 50 years. You might have those that have only been believers for maybe three years or two years. And maybe your faith is stronger than theirs. So what you want to do is encourage those people. Because we all are not in the same place spiritually. Paul says, First uh, Thessalonians 5.14, Paul said, We urge you, brethren, admonish the unruly, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, and be patient to everyone. Are you patient with a person that maybe you might be stronger in the faith? Are you patient with that person? You say, come on, man. You're going to come on, run with me, bro. We can make it together. We can make it. When you come to church, look for someone to encourage. Do you know there's people come to church every day, uh, every Sunday, that could be discouraged? And they might sit down right beside you. Encourage them in their faith. Keep your eyes on the Lord. He has to be first. Paul says, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. Jesus is with us to help us in this race. If we focus on him, he will give us strength. He will give us help. He will give us encouragement. But our focus must be on him and not on anything else. This, this is a serious race. And this race is quick. James said, James said this race is, this life is just like a vapor. James, James said that this life is just, like a vapor, you're here for a short time and boom, you're gone. Quick. Psalm 90 verse 12, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Your days are numbered, man, on this earth. So this, this life is quick. We can only run this race as we look to Jesus and have our eyes just locked on him. But we know that he that began that good work in us is going to complete it, right, to the day of Christ. Looking away from him, you'll get all kinds of distractions. We should be running. Keep him in sight. If you have not 
received Christ, you're not even in the race. You're not even in the race. God loves and willing to forgive anyone's sin if they will come to him. You know, Jesus said, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house, there are many mansions. God, he's preparing a mansion for us. Been gone 2,000 years. Pretty nice by now, right? Yeah. I don't, I don't have to. I've never seen heaven physically with my eyes, but I've seen, I know it's there because Jesus said it was. And that's good enough for me. You know, keep your eyes on things above. Paul said, if this earth is ten resolve, we got a home made in heaven, made without hands. If you, not, if you haven't received Christ, you're not in this race. I talk to people all the time that come to church. And they say, well, if I go to your church, I'm afraid the ceiling might fall down. I says, well, it ain't going to fall down. Because we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But, but if you will fit, confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you of all unrighteousness. And what the Bible said. For the heart, one believes into righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made into salvation. The Bible says, for the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Jesus said, call upon me, all you are laboring, heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, that you can find rest for your soul. People are looking. People are searching. And God has us at such a time as this. Can you imagine that? Here we are for a reason. This, this, he could have had other people in other generations, but we are here now at such a time as this. And if you have not received Christ, you're not in the race. The Bible says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he's near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him and to our God. For he will abundantly pardon. Abundantly pardon. And his spirit and bride say, come. And let him who hears say, come. And let him who thirsts come. Whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. He said, come now, let us reason together, you and I. There's people who have not put their faith in Christ. He's saying, come now, let us reason together, you and I. Though your sins are scarlet, they should be as white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they should be as white as wool. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Free gift. But if you rebel, you shall be devoured by the sword. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. The Lord says, I've said before you, life or death. Man, choose life. Your choice. God gave everybody free will. He gave people free will to choose, life or death. And God, and he gave you choice, and God is going to respect your choice. He doesn't send anybody to hell. People go to hell because they fail to accept the provision that God has made for them to go to heaven. There's a way out. There's a way of escape. That's why Jesus went to the cross. 
that people could be forgiven. Remember that again, that your citizenship is in heaven, Paul said, for which we eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Keep running, all I can say. Keep moving forward. Don't quit. Don't give up. And you know, you're not alone. Things that happen to you, the trials happen to you. We always think we're the only ones. It happened to all of us. You're not the only one. Keep running because I have read the last chapter and I know in the end we're going to win. I know that. Amen. There might be some bumps, yeah, but you're going to make it. So you stay. You stay. You stay with Christ. You won't lose. He has never lost anyone yet. He says, all that the Father gives me shall come to me. He that comes to me, I will in no wise cast out. He wants you to win. He wants you to be with him. And he wants you to be strong. But you got to be strong. Your strength comes from him. But Paul said what? His sufficiency was in Christ. And that's what your sufficiency must be in Jesus Christ. So now unto him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all we could even ask to think according to the power that works in us, both now and forever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. God bless you guys. Well, amen and amen. It is incredible, the word of God, being able to minister to us through the foolishness of preaching. And yet, this is what God has called many of us to do. And we want to encourage, we want to equip you to continue to make disciples of the things that God has called you to do. Thank you so much for leading, so much for serving the bride of Christ in the ways that are contrary to the world, but things of the spirit. And we want to make sure that you know you are prayed for, you are cared for, and we love you. We're bringing you new content season five monday march 13th and we're bumping up not only audio but video as well with our youtube channel with a new community a patreon community we're giving more resources more content more things to come here in 2023 to be able to help you and to serve you we love you thank you guys so much for listening we'll see you in season five